Hello and welcome to the 100 Day Writing Challenge, day 66. So we've, I like to think elegantly, moved from the plot of a whole book to the plot of a paragraph, the plot of a sentence. And you might have found your mind being drawn back to our work on status within a scene and those moments when two characters' relative status suddenly changes. This feeling that a lot of fiction and, and what we think of as structure works because of this play between predictions our minds make from incomplete data sets, rising tension and new information that either pleasurably releases that tension or skews the data in such a way that we have to revise all our models. Now that may sound a bit too theory wonkish for your tastes and, and that's fine. None of that is why I got into telling stories either. None of these ways of explaining story are meant to be the last word. They're just new ways of looking at something very familiar that might give you a tiny bit of new insight or shake something loose or just make it all briefly fresh in a way that reinvigorates your practice. You know, a, a very simple improv game I used to play when I was teaching primary school children is Fortunately Unfortunately. All it involves is you get in a circle and one person, usually me, starts a story. The opening can be as boring and mundane as you like. In fact, it usually helps if the opening is a little bit dull just to give us sort of like a flat surface to work off. So you start with something like, on Monday I went downstairs for my breakfast. The person to your left continues the story with a sentence starting, unfortunately. So maybe, unfortunately, I'd run out of milk. Or, unfortunately, my house was on fire. Or, unfortunately, there was a monster sitting in my kitchen. Or whatever, you get the idea. Something unfortunate. The next person continues the story with a sentence starting, fortunately. So, fortunately, there was a cow in the back garden. Or, fortunately, the fire brigade had arrived. Or, fortunately, she was a friend of my mother's. Then the next person continues it with, unfortunately again, unfortunately, I, I don't know how to milk a cow, or unfortunately, they were the ones who started it, or unfortunately, me and mum don't get on, and so on and so forth. It's an interesting exercise, especially as some responses you will start to see as you play work better than others. You'd think the format would mean that each next sentence is a sort of reversal of the one before. But you quickly see that the best ones, by which I mean the ones that feel most fun, are the ones that sort of yes and the previous sentence. Especially when you're playing with children, sometimes they just want to try and, and win the story. Uh, so they'll be like, uh, unfortunately, I'd run out of milk. And the next person will go, fortunately, I found some milk. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't really milk, it was poison. Okay, well, sure, but each of those feels like it contradicts rather than builds on the previous one. Maybe better would be, unfortunately, I'd run out of milk. Fortunately, my neighbour had some. Unfortunately, it was spider milk. Now, I'm not telling you this just to roast nine-year-olds for their poor improvisational skills. Adults often tell far more boring stories than children. They edit and inhibit themselves out of the glorious possibility of quote-unquote mistakes. They take a lot, lot longer to answer as well. You can see, And that's not because they can't come up with answers. Their brain is suggesting dozens of answers. They're just rejecting them and blocking themselves and not answering straight away because they want to come up with a good answer that is approved of by the group that doesn't make them look silly that plays the game well that makes their contribution meaningful all of these things and so their brain will suggest something and they'll go nope 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 and they'll sit there and they'll act like they can't think you also see this in um uh, you know i hate to say it but like children who are 
low confidence, who struggle with their self-esteem, who maybe, you know, for all sorts of reasons might be shy. And um, those are the kids that like I, you know, outside of a group situation, but sometimes in the group situation, I sort of want to work with to help them trust that inner voice, that first, that first suggestion. Because often when they say it out loud, it goes down really well. It makes people laugh. It's a good addition to the story. And they realise a lot of that editing that they've been doing on themselves really isn't necessary and is um, robbing them of a, a lot of joy. And and, and those are the kids... I, I, I don't want to make it sound like I, I sort of pick on them or make, or make them perform in front of the group, but those are the kids that often... Um, you see the biggest changes in when you do creative writing classes or these kind of exercises because they discover something in themselves, a kind of power, a kind of trust in themselves. And it's really exciting to see. Um, and you, you know, I hope maybe you've possibly experienced a little bit of that yourself. Now we're sort of three quarters of the way, sort of two thirds of the way into this. Uh, but, you know, 66 days... This is the two thirds mark, right? And you may have experienced that kind of shy kid empowering thing yourself where you try something, you have made a prediction. This is going to suck ass. This is going to be rubbish. And uh, it kind of turns out better than you thought. Perfect? No, no, it didn't turn out perfect, but it turns out you don't, something doesn't need to be perfect to be fun. And you go, oh, oh, well, I was wrong. Oh. And you feel a bit bigger. My point basically here, look, is just to simply boil a story down to one of the simplest rhythms possible. You know, like I, I, I'm just suggesting some ways you can look at stuff um, it, that might just help filter out a lot of the noise, giving you these little rules of thumb, these little heuristics that you can apply so you're not having to make every decision all at once. And today's one is just this really simple rhythm, down, up, down, up, this little sort of syncopated rhythm of threat and release. Which, from a human point of view, you know, if you wanted to hack the endocrine system to design something maximally attention-grabbing, this wouldn't be a bad shout, right? This wouldn't be an awful design. Threat stimulates cortisol, adrenaline, says, pay attention to this, it is salient. And these little releases on the downstroke, these little moments of surprising escape, maybe trigger dopamine as we get a prediction error. Ooh, look, a better than expected result, a reward. Pay attention. Bing. I mean, I am grossly oversimplifying neuroscience and how the brain works, I, I, I admit, right? But even without this spurious coating of neuro trash gravy, you get the idea, right? Tension grabs our attention. Release makes us feel good. Stick both of those things in your story and you got yourself a party. Now, you can abstract this principle one degree to make something a, a bit more suited to our purposes. What I'm not going to get you to do today is, is play fortunately. Unfortunately, you don't need to stick that unfortunately or fortunately uh, little uh, sort of subclause in front of each sentence to signpost what you're doing. That helps us when we're playing it in a game, but, but you're sophisticated enough to not have to do that. But you can still experiment with this threat reward two-step simply by alternating between a negative sentence and a positive one. So I'll give you an example. I woke up. That was my first mistake. Golden light was streaming in through the bay windows. Outside, the plum orchard was on fire. It was a cloudless night and the stars hung in pinprick thousands, angels watching over us. 
The greenhouse shattered musically, then collapsed, woofing sparks. The ground had vanished beneath smoke, so it felt as if while I slept the house, the trees, the whole farm had risen up to heaven. Now that's just a sequence of positive image, negative image. Uh, and I, I, I hope you can see there how this the contrast sort of heightens both the light and the dark. And, and you don't have to be right down in the guts of a scene to do this. You could go sort of storybook, fairy tale telling style. There was once a beautiful kingdom called Elantria. One day a terrible darkness rose in the south and the people began to go mad, neglecting their work and devoting all their time to building a vast tower. The king, a wise and noble man, called for heroes to venture south, drive out the darkness and bring the people to their senses. But everyone who answered his call was swallowed by the same corruption and joined the growing legions in constructing an ever taller, ever more imposing fortress. Then, one day, a tailor arrived at the palace and said, Sire, I have a plan. There you go, that is the same principle. Light, dark, light, dark. And that's your exercise for today, right? I want you to write a scene and your sentences are going to alternate between highlighting something negative or bad or increasing tension and dwelling on something positive or good or releasing tension. Your choice of location, genre, cast. I trust you now 66 days in to make that decision yourself. But just to remind you, in terms of how you, the attitude with which it's worth approaching this, you don't need to think about it too much. You know, with the above two examples, all I did was write a first line, having no idea where I was going with it, then each time thought of a way to continue in the opposite tone. Remember what we've worked on, this idea of feeling your way through writing a piece rather than planning or trying to think miles ahead and basically trying to nail the moonbeam to the table. Have fun with it. Embrace possibility and see where it takes you without getting too attached to the end result. Easier said than done. I know. I know it's really easy for me to sit here and go, oh, well, you should just be really relaxed all the time and just chill out and make a really good story while you're doing it. Off you go. Like, I know you're not you haven't failed if you feel that tension, that doubt, that feeling of, oh, God, what am I doing? It's OK. Just when that happens, you could you can allow those feelings to come up and notice them, but you don't have to act out of them or think that that impulse that you're feeling, that feeling of, God, oh no, um, means that you've gone wrong. It doesn't. It's just a very natural desire that we all have as human beings to thin down uncertainty. Just, I'd like less uncertainty and more predictability. And that's the central tension of all creativity, right? Because creativity thrives in a realm of the kind of shadow side of uncertainty the secret identity of uncertainty which is possibility you know as soon as you just turn you know, rebrand uncertainty as possibility my goodness sounds a lot more attractive doesn't it you know the point is not the piece here the point is the training you undergo in writing the piece and part of that training is learning to be okay with uncertainty and just being lovely to yourself. Okay, right, that's enough from me. Fortunately, unfortunately, good, bad, light, dark. Write a piece with these alternating sentences. Are you ready? Good luck, my friend. Three, two, one, go.
and that's it that is all we need for today now now this is not the way you need to write it's just another restriction you can voluntarily adopt to produce a certain effect if you want to heighten emotion within a scene i think it works pretty well and you could experiment with the rhythm of it if you like you know you could what what if you went for a bad bad good pattern or a good 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 bad pattern how does that affect the mood the main purpose of playing with this is, is just to make you briefly more conscious that every sentence you write has an emotional valence, even if that's just neutral. You know, the door was yellow. And the choices you make have effects, and you can control those effects to manipulate the reader's experience. Pretty cool, huh? Okay, I've empowered you enough for one day. Go and do some baking or have a cup of tea or something. Treat yourself. I'll see you tomorrow. The 100 Day Writing Challenge is made possible with the kind support of Arts Council England.